Hey guys, on today's show, on the most recent episode of this godforsaken podcast, I'll be talking about four things that Republicans and right-wing people do in America that I dislike and why. Let's go! Yes, yes, welcome to the Politics Mostly podcast. I am your host, Peter Ramirez. Episode, what, 32? You know, haters said I would never make it to 32. And here I am at 32, and I guess they're kind of right, because I definitely should have gotten here a lot quicker. (laughs) I'm definitely going to expand this podcast pretty soon. It's like one of the few fun things I do in life, and I really need, you know, my therapist tells me I need to do more fun things, and um, I can tell you in the last two weeks, I've had a former lover reach out to me, and she wanted to hop on. Uh, We're amicable. It's very nice. Um, So she may come on. I know I have another friend. We want to talk about mental health. Maybe she'll come on, Um, and I do have a a male friend of mine who's kind of like my uh, I guess we can call him like a like a role mo- mentor mentor would be the word I would use and he may want to come on and I think politics wouldn't be the main point of conversation for any of these any of these guests I have on so I think it's gonna be fun I'm really look looking forward to opening it up um, I'll probably have something solo at the start of the show if you're looking for like a news fix if you're looking to stay up to date on my ramblings, maybe I'll start it there, and then at the end of the episode, we'll do like a you know, quick, uh, quick little interview, kind of talk with them. You know, no scripts, just kind of what comes to mind. Um, I've pretty much looked into all the articles about how to you know grow a podcast, how to maintain one, you know, th- what what to do, and pretty much they all say like don't run too long. So <laughs> I want to talk to each of them for like an hour and then see if I can overcome my lack of technical skill and then cut it into like the best 20 minutes. I think that would be pretty cool. Um, So yeah, definitely I've gotten a lot of good feedback when Ryan comes on the podcast. Um, The numbers are also a little bit higher. I wouldn't say he carries this podcast because I do fine on my solo episodes. (laughs) But um, it seems, you know, that it's, it's definitely something that you guys aren't hating. So be on the lookout for that maybe in the next few weeks. Maybe a, a different guest besides Ryan. And, you know, Ryan is definitely coming back soon. Um, so no more intros. I, we got to get right into it. When you have a clickbaity podcast title article, you got to go right into it. Four things the right does that kind of just makes me lose my mind. Because they're patterns, and they repeat themselves, and, you know, the specifics change, but overall, it, it's just, it's a, it's enough of a pattern where over years, I'm pretty confident that, that these will continue to be the way they are going forward. All right, you guys would have been really proud of me. I was kind of getting spacey right there because a train was coming, and I actually paused the podcast and then let the train come by. So you didn't have to hear those train whistles in the background that so many of you point out to me. <laughs> so here's here's the first thing. 
these are things that people say to me, right? They'll say something like, the media is biased, why aren't the mainstream outlets reporting X or Y? And I'm not even exaggerating, 99.9% .9 of the time, I am 100% aware and totally aware of what X or Y is because, the, because of the mainstream media. <laughs> why isn't the media talking about Hunter Biden's laptop? Um, everywhere I was looking during that time period, right before the election, was talking about this sketchy-ass laptop repair store in Delaware. <laughs> you know, I mean, even as... Look, Hunter Biden being a fuck-up, uh, I don't think it's going to be a swing issue after four years of a Trump presidency. Like, find me the voter who is on the fence about the Donald Trump experience, and then Hunter's Biden, Hunter Biden's laptop is, like, the swing issue for them. <laughs> <laughs> because the media for the right isn't about objective journalism. It's about them repeating right-wing talking points or pushing certain stories that make Democrats look bad, right? That's, that's all the media is for them. Then when a news outlet says, hey, this isn't true, or it's true, but it's not important, or we're just here to report the news not to be used by either side as a political pawn for electoral reasons, the right loses its mind. Because the right wants the mainstream media to make the case for them, not just report the facts. Yeah, why Why aren't they talking about Hunter Biden's laptop? Everything I read for that whole fucking week was about this goddamn laptop. <laughs> why isn't the media reporting that Joe Biden is a pedophile? Well, probably because he isn't a pedophile. Because it's literally not true. And don't tell me the news doesn't cover right-wing stories all the time. The entire first month of the Biden presidency, I wasn't hearing about what was in the COVID relief bill, who Biden was nominating, you know, in his cabinet for different positions. It was just the border, the border, the border. Every fucking story was about illegal immigration. I totally forgot that illegal immigration was never a problem, and then it became a crisis. Right on January nineteenth, it was non-existent. It, there was there weren't people coming over on January nineteenth. But then once January twentieth happened, then it was Biden's problem. And if he didn't label it a crisis, he was an un-American uh, communist or something. Right. The immigration, you know, people coming over the southern border is something that's very novel. It, it hasn't. It, it didn't exist prior to two thousand twenty-one. In case you guys didn't know, this isn't like a, a, a you know a 100-year phenomenon of, of, of migrant patterns changing with growing seasons, looking for work, people coming in and out. You know, this is all novel. This has never happened before. So to my Republican friends, I assure you, mainstream outlets do write stories where Democrats are the bad guys. I promise you that. What have I read all this week? The fucking Cuomo brothers. <laughs> That's a two-for-one for you guys on the right. Chris Cuomo is on CNN. Andrew Cuomo is a Democratic governor of New York. And they're all off doing stupid shit. <laughs> I saw that um, beyond CNN having no journalistic integrity for having uh, Governor Cuomo's brother interview, interview him just for ratings. Uh, apparently, the younger Cuomo was also advising the governor on how to get out of these 
Me Too allegations, these sexual uh, harassment allegations, which is not what you want to see a journalist doing. Um, and, you know, oh, how, how am I aware of these stories? Because I see them in the fucking New York Times. <laughs> oh, my God. It's such a la-la land. You know the right doesn't even read the mainstream media based on how they characterize the mainstream media, right? Like, you, you, if you just listen to Republicans talk about, well, what's wrong with the mainstream media, it's like, oh, I go on, uh, CNN.com and the, the front page is abortion is good. <laughs> like, uh, I just love it when people criticize something the most that they don't even engage in or have, like, the slightest clue of what it's about. Trust me, I see plenty of negative news about Democrats in the news. Plenty. Plenty. And I'm not surfing in, in, in Breitbart over here, okay? <laughs> um... And, you know, the, the mainstream media will also cover your precious corporatist politicians as well to my Republican friends. I mean, I mean, shit, they were the oxygen that fueled the Trump rise. Without the lamestream media, Trump never would have been given billions of dollars worth of free marketing. And he would have finished in 17th place of 17 politicians. Thankfully for the mainstream media... Well, luckily for Trump, he had the mainstream media to propel him to where he ended up going. I mean, just this past week, all I'm fucking seeing, New York Times, CNN, MSNBC, all the all the lefties, everything is just the origins of the coronavirus speculation, the fucking Wuhan, Wuhan lab virology. <laughs> if I see one more story about this fucking bat lab and God knows where China. Well, God does know where. It's Wuhan. Um, I'm closing my laptop for like a month. <laughs> why Why won't they report about the origins of the coronavirus? It's all I'm fucking seeing. <laughs> but seriously, going back to the main point, they, you know, I'll always have these cousins, these uncles, these friends, these college friends, right? They all come to me. It's like, oh, why isn't why isn't the New York Times reporting about and then they'll say a story and then I literally know everything about that story because I read it probably in the New York Times. <laughs> oh god. So the media plays along with the right. Right? You want to talk about Biden's son? Check. They want to talk about border crossings all the time. Double check. You want to talk about China's role in the coronavirus? You betcha. The mainstream media is there for you, my right-wing friends. They are there for you. But let me know the next time the media reports about how much climate change is hurting American farmers or costing American taxpayers every fiscal year. Let me know the next time the media covers the epidemic of gun violence in this country, if it's not immediately after a mass shooting. Let me know why it took the Floyd murder for the media to wake up to police brutality and inequalities in the justice system. Because every anytime I look back critiques of, of mass media, it's all right-wing critiques that, that the media is liberal. But I don't know, because I'm not seeing a lot of these liberal priorities prioritized in this supposedly liberal media landscape. <laughs> because from my vantage point here, as I'm talking into this microphone... It looks like all the fucking media does is placate conservatives.
All right, let's get into the second things Republicans and conservatives and right-wing people say. Uh, and, you know, this is not about policy. These are just, like, you know, rhetoric things that they do that I, I just always, you know, they, they, they just say it and I just cringe because I've thought about this for so long. <laughs> and I, I can just see, like, what, like, logical fallacy they're falling into. Um, the next thing they do is I've noticed that Republicans can only win elections when they do one of two things either pretend to be democrats or or portray democrats in non-truthful ways so let, let's let's break this down because this is actually pretty interesting unlike most of this shit i talk about this is pretty interesting <laughs> republicans love pretending to be democrats they're really good at it too does anybody remember how Trump closed out his 2020 election pitch? The big thing he was saying was COVID, COVID, COVID. After November 3rd, nobody will be talking about COVID, right? That was that was his big thing. And that's what the media jumped on. They were like, oh, see, he thinks it's just, you know, COVID's out to get Trump. Everything's about Trump. And they were right. That's true. <laughs> I don't need a psychology degree to know that Trump is narcissistic, but... What was he doing action-wise? For, forget the crazy rallies. What was Trump doing in the closing weeks of um, right before the 2020 election? Octo you know, September, October, first week of November. He was really just doing Democrat things. <laughs> he was running. He was running out criminal justice reform and and trying to help African-Americans rhetorically. He went to Florida and like announced that there would be no offshore drilling in Florida, a key swing state. Handed the environmentalists a big win there. He announced some program to send the elderly like prescription drug cards, um, which is something Democrats have tried to do for like 20 years. And of course, you know, they didn't get out there. And even in the midterms, the 2018 midterms, Remember, there was that phantom middle-class tax cut two weeks before the midterm. Trump's like, hey, we're going to pass a middle-class tax cut. Only middle-class people are getting this tax cut because the other one all went to the billionaires. Um, <laughs> so it's just amazing when, when Trump's about to face the voters, how liberal he gets on, like, most issues, right? And by the way, you could, this is true going back to the 2016 primary with Trump. Trump didn't bounce up in the polls when he called Mexican rapists or talked about the border wall. His numbers went up after he said rich people were going to pay more taxes, including himself, if he won. That he wasn't going to cut medical insurance to anyone, even if it, that was unpopular in the GOP. And then he made fun of other Republican politicians. It was on days like that where his numbers went up, when he said Democrat things. To win in a center-left country like America, why is America center-left? Well, you know, eight of the last nine elections were won by Democrats, uh, the popular vote anyway. There are just more blue people. There's more red space, thanks Dakotas, but there's more blue people, and people vote not land, as I've said before. So to win in a center-left country like America, you need to get a little more populist economically with the corporations and the middle-class tax cuts and stuff. And Trump realized that, and that's why he won. Now, of course, did he do any of this? No, he did not. 
But he did talk about it, and that's why he won. The second part of that, you know, Republicans win when they run as Democrats or when they portray Democrats in untruthful ways. There was this big autopsy report that the Democrats did after the 2020 election. Um, I don't know why there is something called an autopsy report when we won the U.S. House. We won, we retook the majority in the Senate. In a rare feat in American politics, we defeated an incumbent president running for a second term. Every ballot initiative that I was following outside of the Uber one in California that liberals really wanted passed, including in red areas. That's definitely a podcast episode one day. <laughs> you go to these red-ass states and you put liberal in ballot initiatives right on the ballot and they just keep winning. <laughs> you know, a drug... This all right, Now we're getting to a quick aside. A dr- in America, a drug legalization ballot initiative has not failed since Colorado became the first state to legalize marijuana. You you throw up like medical marijuana or recreational marijuana in like fucking Alabama, the shit passes. Medicaid expansion. I can't think of a more anti-conservative thing than more leeches on the on the government teat. Uh, as they would say, in my you know, in my view, it's uh, if you're poor, you should be able to see a doctor if you're sick. It's really that simple. Um, you know, in like Arkansas, that passed one of the reddest states in the country. They can't elect politicians to implement these things, so they just put it on the ballot. And for many of these states, you need sixty percent, not fifty-one percent, to pass something on a ballot initiative. <laughs> and you just get all these liberal initiatives passed because even Republicans are like, "Oh yeah, that makes sense. Oh yeah, we should expand Medicaid so people can go see a doctor if they get sick." All right, uh, back to what I was talking about. Um, so there was this autopsy. Because I guess Democrats, they won everything, but they wanted to really win everything. I don't know. And the overall premise, it's like a 60-page report or whatever. The overall premise is that when Republicans called Democrats radical communists and who want to defund the police, it actually worked. That was a line of attack that worked. That all Democrats want to defund the police, abolish the police, and that all Democrats are communists or socialists or whatever the fuck they say. Okay, that's the crux. Um, obviously, that's not true. Not every Democrat is a communist. I happen to be one, but that's just an exception. <laughs> and no, I'm not a communist. That was a joke. Um, I can tell you that not all Democrats want to defund the police or to abolish the police department because every fucking city in this country is run by Democrats, except for like three like Jacksonville, Fort Worth, and San Diego, maybe. Um, And I can tell you that every Democrat-run city has a police department. (laughs) It's so... What's what's the budget for the NYPD? Is it like $25 billion a year? (laughs) Is it like $25 billion a second? It's something fucking ridiculous. I bet you the the budget for the NYPD, who just rolled out robo-dogs, go look up that, that's fucking terrifying. Um, The budget for the NYPD is probably bigger than some states like total budget. Just for this one city, this one department within this one city. It's fucking enormous. 
So if, if Democrats want to abolish the police, why are there police stations and, you know, <laughs> policemen in every fucking city in this country? Ah, oh, so stupid. So stupid. And they say these things knowing... See, that's that's another difference between Democrats and Republicans. We can say, you know, Trump is a corporatist. He lies a lot. Um, all of his... He uh, all of his uh, legislation helps the rich. Like, show me the lie. <laughs> he does lie a lot. He is a corporatist. And look at how the rich did under his his four year regime from hell, reign from hell. Excuse me. But then you know, for Republicans to win, they have to say false shit, right? They have to say false. They're coming for your guns. No one, not really. <laughs> You know, they're coming for your guns. They're coming with the death panels in Obamacare. Uh, they're coming to defund the police. That Did you see that fucking ad they ran in uh, in twenty in the 2020 election cycle? Yeah, where it's like some old woman getting robbed. And she's like calling 911 and no one's picking up. Can someone tell me wh- where that is? In what Democrat... It could be a blue state. It could be a blue city. Where is someone calling 911... And they're they're saying and it's an automated voice message like, sorry, this is AOC. Uh, we're going to deploy a social worker with a stapler to your house. Like, wh- where is this happening? Because I got to admit, th- this country that the right says exists when Democrats run things sounds like a scary place. But then I walk outside and read the news, and I realize it's just it's all made up. It's all made up. So that's that's really the only two ways Republicans win, is if they start acting like Democrats, <laughs> or if they say Democrats are X and X is not true. <sighs> See, I started this episode in a good mood. Now I'm slowly morphing into like less of a good mood. <laughs> All right, two more quick things. Um. I didn't really come up with the title for this one, but the third thing that Republicans do, that conservatives do, that really just irks me, is the spectrum of left and right is so fucked up that the so-called moderate conservatives are allowed to exist in like this vacuum. Let me let me explain this. Let me explain this. Let me use voting rights as an example. So you go to a conservative person will come up to me, you know, they vote red republicly, uh, uh, reliably, but they're not, you know, QAnon people, you know, you're like, hey, do you want the teacher to have uh, three or four AK-47s? And they're like, no, one's enough, you know, <laughs> real, real moderates, right? Real moderates. They're not into the QAnon stuff, but they're certainly not liberals and they're certainly not, you know moderates on the left-right scale. They're just moderates within their own party. So they'll. this is like something that hasn't happened to me specifically, but I guarantee you it will within the next year. One of these people who, maybe they're not a QAnon pe- a person, but you know, they're a reliable Republican. They like Trump. They say, okay, the big lie is crazy, right? This idea that... <laughs> That uh, the election was stolen from Trump, right? I, I see they're doing a, an Arizona recount right now, and they're searching the paper for bamboo. <laughs> they're searching the ballots for, for bamboo because they think China. 
they think China sent in uh, ballots to uh, Maricopa County in Arizona, and these ballots they they don't have regular paper in China. They uh, they print it on bamboo. So, <laughs> so they're checking the chemical composition of the of the ballots in Arizona. Um, so they'll, they'll they'll say something like, "Oh yeah, the big lie isn't true," but you have to admit. Voting could be a lot more secure. There were a lot of people voting that shouldn't have voted, right? That's the place that exists for them. Because in their mind, as long as someone is to the right of them, they're safe. I'm not the crazy ones. I'm not, I don't believe in Jewish space lasers. I, I, um, I just want election integrity. I want to believe the results of the election, right? Which is just code for... I don't believe in the election results if my side lost, <laughs> right? But whatever. That's that's their talking point they've settled with. Probably like a Frank Luntz focus group figured out that one. Um, so, you know, if 70%, which is actually the current number of Republican Party members think Donald Trump is the legitimate president, then the Overton window is pushed way to the right. The Overton window meaning what is allowable in discourse and regular political talk. So if you have a majority of one of the major two political parties thinking this crazy thing, then there's so much real estate that opens up to the left of those crazy people, but way to the right of normality, of moderates, and frankly of reality, right? I mean, I talked about this voter thing on Georgia. Georgia was the closest state in the election and there was not a single state closer than georgia it was won by like twelve thousand votes right biden won by twelve thousand there's a republican governor and a republican secretary of state they have what like two dozen case officers working under these republican officials year-round job they have guns, they have warrant they can issue warrants, they can issue subpoenas, they're full law enforcement. And they just do voting stuff. They look for voter fraud. So you have a Republican who's highly motivated to find a lot of voter fraud, if for no other reason than to avoid a primary challenger next time they're up. And you have this whole legal apparatus to sniff out fake voters. And what did they do? There were nine cases of voter fraud in a state decided by 12,000 people. And this is the closest state. And of those nine cases of voter fraud, that wasn't even nine ballots. Because some of them were like people trying to vote who weren't eligible to vote by their um, how long they've lived there or where they're living now. There was like a felon who tried to register to vote. These are just people trying to register to vote and they count that as voter fraud. So it, it wasn't even nine ballots in a, in a race that was decided by 12,000. And this is the closest state. There is no state where this looks better. <laughs> so this, you know, in this hypothetical conversation, this guy comes up to me and says, oh, I don't believe in the big lie, but we really need to make voting harder because uh, all these illegal immigrants are voting. Where? Where? Can, can you show me? Can you show me, please? I want to know. I want to learn where all this voting fraud is happening. I would love to know. 
Because obviously voter fraud is bad. I'm just saying it doesn't happen. Of course it doesn't happen. It's a seven-year fucking jail sentence to put in a second ballot. I saw, by the way, uh, there was a case in Florida. A second, a person voted Trump twice. He killed his wife and then tried to set in an absentee in her name. <laughs> I guess at that point, you're probably going to get caught. What's an extra seven years if you're going to spend the rest of your life in jail? But yeah, nine cases of voter fraud. And these weren't even nine ballots. It was fewer than nine ballots. 12,000 was the number they needed to change the outcome of the election. But yeah, exists in your little thing where, you know, that's a huge problem. God, I just the 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 fringe right is so fucking crazy, man. That they, there's so much land, ideological land, in the right that you can occupy in bad faith. Because the crazies are just getting crazier exponentially. So your position, you know, ten years ago would have been the crazy position. <laughs> Looking at a non-existent issue and saying it's an existent issue—that's not reality. That would have been that would have been far right ten years ago. Now it's like, oh well, I'm a moderate because I don't believe in the craziest thing, but I also believe in this crazy thing. I hate when Republicans do that. Fucking hate when they do that. <sighs> All right, last one. Jesus Christ, thirty minutes. All right, last one. I do think, and this is unfortunate, so I'm gonna do a, what we call in the business a tone shift here. I do think there is a sizable amount of Republicans that would rather see Biden fail, even if it means America suffers, than have America succeed. I really noticed this, you know, I'm in a new gym, and let's just say, well, not a new gym, I've been here for a few months, and let's just say the owner, even when there was a mass mandate, wasn't really into wearing a mask, <laughs> or certainly enforcing the mask. Um, and between that and the fact that Fox News and Fox Business are on the TVs, uh, I'm going to safely assume this guy leans right. <laughs> Which, you know, part it kills me. Part of me kills me that my monthly fee is going to a, a right-wing guy. But whatever. It's, it's a solid gym. Good work, guy. Um... And so when I'm working out, I'm constantly looking at like Fox Business and Fox News, and it's on mute, but you can see the headlines, right? The chyrons. And you look on Fox News, and it's like Biden's, they're really good at branding, like Biden's border crisis, right? You know, Biden's this, Biden. And then you look over on Fox Business, and it's like Biden's inflation problem, Biden's inflation problem. And you really start to think that they're just rooting for Biden to fail, even though that would bring us all down. I guess if that makes sense, because we're kind of all in the same ship. You know, um, and I know, okay, so if you're a right-wing person listening to this, I know what you're saying right now. But what about Trump? Everyone was rooting against Trump. Let me tell you the difference. Let me tell you, because this is actually important. Now we're getting intellectual. Trump had toilet paper stuck on his shoe on the tarmac. Right? Do we remember this? There was also that time going into, was it Air Force One it's called, where he <laughs> he he had an umbrella, and I guess he did not know how to close an umbrella. So he just dropped it after like haphazardly trying to close it. <laughs> I guess he's had butlers do it his whole life. 
So he like didn't know how to close the umbrella and he just left it on the floor and then like the wind blew it away off like the staircase the mobile staircase of the airplane. And and then there was a second time he had toilet paper stuck to his shoe as he was walking up. And yeah, did that get played in liberal media? Absolutely. I'm only telling you this because I saw it. But we it was played because it was funny. <laughs> Like, that was legitimately funny. Just recounting that story. I was laughing, having a good time, in good faith. Biden falls going up the stairs. And it's like, look at this pathetic man. How can he, how can other countries take us seriously? Which is actually a thing they say on Fox News. Remember that time Biden, like, tripped, like, two or three times, like, going upstairs? Um... Or, you know, or and then the, the next panel is look at how weak Biden is. Is is Kamala Harris really in charge? Is there a shadow presidency? That's the difference. Trump did some fucked up shut shit. It got covered. It was funny. Biden does it and it's like, oh, how can how can other countries take us seriously? I was rooting for Trump's Korea policy to work. Because I want diplomacy. I wouldn't have advised him to do, like, the erotic letters they were sending each other. Um, but I was hoping he succeeded because that's good for America. I don't want North Korea to have nuclear weapons. I'm pro-diplomacy. I'm pro-talking. I'm always pro-diplomacy. I'm pro-diplomacy every time I plug in this fucking mic and talk to you guys. <laughs> but I, I, was at, I was rooting for Trump because that would have been a big win for America. Now, obviously, it failed, but... I was rooting for Trump there. And, you know, I remember when COVID hit and the Dow was lower than it was the day he took office. My portfolio, which is not necessarily robust, <laughs> took a nosedive and was absolute crap. And my first thought wasn't, good, this means he won't win re-election. Speaking of Trump, my first thought was, get the virus under control. People are dying. The economy is in free fall. Like, I'm I'm begging Trump to take this thing seriously. I want to get him back on track. I want to get the country back on track. I'm rooting for the country. And I just, I do not think the partisans on the right want that. I think they actively want the Dow to go down. I think they want Biden to suffer. Um, and that's different. That's, that's new. Okay. Because there were times in this country where, you know, Bush and Obama, they were, you know, if you were a member of the other party, you were like, you know what, hopefully the most extreme of the agenda gets thwarted in Congress. I just hope my, my portfolio goes up, the stocks go up, we avoid war, and then we'll try to get them in the next election. Right? Like that was kind of how you approach politics. But now I'm telling you, it's different. It's different. I wish I had charts and shit to tell you it was different, but you just got to trust me. I'm watching. I'm looking. I'm reading. Uh, it's now, you know, they, 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 want, they want to see failure. They want low vaccination numbers. They want the economy to tank. They want inflation to be high. They're, they're like trying to, they speak about it so much, it's like they're trying to will it into existence. And it's sad. It's sad because... I. You know, I do love this country. If I didn't love this country, I wouldn't be doing this podcast because I think we can improve it a lot. Um, 
and it's unfortunate when and you know granted this i'm just i'm just talking about fox business and fox news you know but it, it is sad when it's so clear they want the country to fail because if the country fails they'll have a better shot in 2024 because it's about power, not about America. And that's, it's sad. It really is sad. Well, on that fucking amazing note. <laughs> on that fucking amazing note, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. As you've noticed, these podcasts have come back with a vengeance. I got a good deal on my uh, podcasting host platform where now I'm, uh, I got another year of, uh, of hosting. I haven't, I've bought enough, uh, bought and what the fuck? I've got enough memory where if you want to go back and listen to any of the old podcasts, I'm paying extra so they don't cut, <laughs> you know, it's not just like the most recent five episodes. I'm going, you know, I pay a little bit extra so I have a bigger library if you guys ever want to go back and check out some of my old stuff. Uh, pretty timely, pretty funny. I've definitely gotten better though as this has gone on, so, uh, keep that in mind because it's probably not as good as it is now, but it's still better than average, which, and that's just, that's all what we're rooting for here, right? Just to be better than average. All right. Thanks so much guys for listening. I will catch you guys soon. Thanks. Thanks.